Hello and welcome to episode two of the Be More Human podcast. I'm your host, Laura Bolton, and I've created this podcast with the intention of guiding you to become the master of your own health. Thank you so much for investing your time and energy to listen to this episode. I really hope that by doing so, you'll gain more power and freedom to feel great, experience life in the way you want, and make the impact you desire in the world. If you feel like the world of health has become overcomplicated, noisy, confusing, and overwhelming, then listen up. My intention for this episode is to help give you a fresh perspective, some freedom from the noise, and start getting you into the driving seat. I'm going to share with you my six guiding principles for starting to understand the health of your body, mind, and spirit. These are all drawn from my own personal experience, the experience of working with others, and the fields of functional medicine, ancestral health, ancient systems such as Ayurveda, and the longevity blue zones of the world. I'll share a bit more on these later. What I found is that despite the copious amounts of knowledge, wisdom out there, from various fields, there are some basic common themes that consistently come out, and actually they're all pretty common sense. Okay, so here we go. Number one, we are designed by nature to be healthy and to thrive. We are simply disconnected. Mental and physical challenges, chronic diseases and age-related conditions are not, I repeat, not natural or inevitable. I used to think they are because it's what I saw happening all around me. And I think it's also a belief that our society perpetuates. But be aware that common is not the same as normal or natural. Last year, I overheard two women talking in a cafe and one was saying to the other that her memory's going and she can't concentrate. She talked about dreading giving presentations at work and how she felt incompetent. And the other actually said to her, well, you know, it's downhill after 40, isn't it? And I could tell that it wasn't a joke. Like she really meant it. And whilst it's not my usual style, I just had to intervene and set them straight. I really just couldn't help myself. And we actually ended up having a really interesting and enjoyable conversation. But the point is, you know, we are not designed to be that way. You know, we are living in a way that we are are not as humans designed for. It's that disconnect which causes most of our common modern day health and well-being challenges. Let's consider wild animals for a moment. Wild animals in general don't suffer with the illnesses that humans suffer with. Things like diabetes, cancers, dementia, anxiety, depression, etc. The only animals that do are our pets and zoo animals. Now, why do you think that is? Zoos actually now do their best to mimic the natural diet and environment in order to keep the animals well. Although, in many cases, it's still not enough. And we often see animals in captivity displaying mental health and behavioral related issues. This is basically due to their unnatural environment. I'm recording this episode in Bali where there are actually many stray dogs and they get fed by locals and tourists. But most of the food is human food. 
and some of it isn't even real human food, it's just processed crap. And as a result, many of them have really fat bellies and joint problems and mobility issues. If we give our body and mind the internal and external environments they need to function optimally, we see the results. Your energy flows freely freely (laughs) through your body. Your brain is alert and your mind feels clear. You feel really present and in the zone and in flow. You feel strong and confident, good in your own skin, with mental, physical and emotional stamina and resilience against demands and pressures of life. You also look better, you age slower, you avoid disease, oh, and you also have better sex. It's totally possible to live to 100 or more with vitality. We see this in the longevity blue zones, which are the five areas of the world where an unusually high proportion of people live healthily and happily to their 90s, 100 and beyond. Cutting a long story short, they basically live in alignment with their natural human design. The Human Longevity Project is a brilliant series which explores this, and I'll add a link into the show notes in case you want to explore it. Number two, everything has a root cause. Plus, there can also be different root causes for the same symptom in different people. This is one of the key principles of functional medicine, which is sometimes called unconventional medicine, but I prefer to just call it common sense. In relation to how long humans have been around, modern medicine is a very, very recent thing. And yes, it is amazing if you have a heart attack or an accident or a severe infection. And that's really what modern medicine is designed for. But it's not designed for preventing and treating lifestyle and environmentally driven challenges that millions, or to be honest, even billions of people now are facing. It focuses on treating the symptoms, usually with medications and in isolation. We are not broken, although certain marketers and the pharmaceutical industry in particular sometimes try and convince us otherwise. Just remember, there's a lot of money being made and to continue being made from illness. Oh, you have a problem? Here, take a pill. Which, may I add, is likely to have side effects and cause other issues. Or, well, it's just one of those things, there's no treatment. How about, oh, you have a symptom. Let's find the root cause and look to address that naturally. I always seek to understand and question why. Get to the root cause, and I encourage you to do the same. I'll give you a few personal examples that I've experienced myself. I used to suffer with eczema. It was mainly on my face, and at its worst, it created embarrassment, shame, and discomfort. The doctors gave me steroid cream, gradually increasing the strength. They told me it was nothing to do with diet or gut. Then, once I changed my diet, reduced my stress, healed my gut, my skin cleared up. And thankfully, it's remained so. Second example is I was taking painkillers for aching joints and headaches. But the root cause of this was inflammation caused by physical and emotional stress. Painkillers are also gut disruptors. 
and I'll be covering this topic in a future episode. When I healed my gut and reduced the inflammation in my body, the symptoms went away. And aside from a few occasions, I haven't used pharmaceutical painkillers for several years now. A third example is the heartburn and acid reflux that I used to suffer with. So I did what most people do and I took acid blockers like Rennie or Gaviscon tablets, which are another gut disruptor, by the way. When I changed my diet and added more acid into my stomach, yes, I said more, the symptoms went away. Number three, all aspects of health are interconnected and influenced by various different things. Therefore, we require a holistic and integrated approach to our health. This is another principle of functional medicine. It's also a key principle of Ayurveda, the 5,000 year old medicine system of India, which seeks to treat and integrate the body, mind and spirit using a comprehensive holistic approach. The other key principle is that the mind is powerful enough to heal the body. A good example of this is the mind-body connection. So we have something called the gut-brain axis and what's happening in our gut can affect our brain and vice versa. Like feelings of anxiety, for example, are very much influenced by the health of our gut and anxiety created in our mind can cause intestinal problems such as IBS symptoms. You know, we all know what it feels like if we're, I don't know, we're maybe nervous about an exam or, or about anything and we get, you know, we can start to get tummy problems. That is a perfect example of the gut-brain axis and the mind-body connection. Gut health affects how well our brain functions and vice versa. Past trauma can manifest as physical disease and so forth. We are beings, human beings. We consist of the physical, mental and spiritual and it's all completely connected. Principle number four is that personalization is key. When people ask me questions about what's healthy or whether a particular thing is healthy, my most common answer is just two words. It depends. You're not one of two things, healthy or unhealthy. The quality of our health is just somewhere on a scale. Now, whilst there are some basic principles that apply to us as humans, being connected to our natural design like eating natural real food, for example. When we actually get into the detail, what works well for one person may work very differently for someone else. It very much depends on the person in terms of what's currently going on in their body and mind, their genetics and heritage, and also what they're trying to achieve. If everyone realized this, I really think there wouldn't be all the arguing about what's right, wrong, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy particularly when it comes to diet and exercise. There's so many arguments out there about go keto, go vegan, be carnivore, be paleo, the list goes on, but there is no one right answer. Allow me to give you a few examples. So take an athlete versus a non-athlete. If an athlete is wanting to get a gold medal, every single little thing that they do is going to influence that. You know, the difference between a gold and a silver is like, can be a fraction of a second. Now, if you're not an athlete and you just, and your goal is just to be well, you're not necessarily going to need to, you know, be as, um, as particular and strict as an athlete might be. Another example is that we all, we all have different gut microbiomes. So 
the microbiome is the collection of microorganisms, bacteria and things in our, you know, in our body. And so when we talk about gut microbiome, this is the collection of microorganisms in our gut. Now, using me as an example, if I eat beans like kidney beans or whole grains like brown rice, my body reacts, aching joints, brain fog, gastrointestinal distress. This is because of the lectins and other anti-nutrients in the husk and skin. Now, a lot of people suffer with this and don't even don't even realize, you know, if you're sensitive, your gut microbiome is sensitive to these things. We can actually test ourselves now to find out what foods are ideal and not ideal for our own microbiome. And I'm going to talk about this and other testing in a future episode. Another example is taking probiotics and prebiotics. So we hear a lot about how it's important to get plenty of these for our gut microbiome. And this is true in general, but it's not a good idea, for example, if you're one of the people who have SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Fruit, fruit's good, right? Well, not if you have an overgrowth of candida in your body or you're trying to reverse type two diabetes. Exercise. Exercise, yes, certain types of exercise, highly beneficial for our health. Unless you're burning out and have issues with your adrenal function. In this case, exercise may be causing way more damage. Finally, fermented foods, you know, sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha. These are great unless you have issues with your gut bacteria or you're one of the 10% or so of people who have a degree of histamine intolerance. So hopefully this kind of just demonstrates with a few examples how what could be great for one person actually can be not great for another person, very much depending on what's going on with them. Now, specifically when it comes to working out your ideal diet, I'm actually going to create a future episode and material dedicated to helping you do this. So watch this space. Now, be very aware as well of people who tell you there is an absolute right and wrong way to do something or they make recommendations without really understanding where you're at, your challenges and your goals. It comes from a good place, I'm sure, but it's usually a case of this works for me and therefore it's the absolute truth and is good for all. Or perhaps they're trying to sell you something and not caring whether it's a positive thing for you or not. I think this applies to everything, not just health. Before I move on to principle five, just a very quick point on genes. Our health is not controlled by genetics. Whilst our genes do play a role, it is mainly the environment that we provide for our cells, which is driven by various factors in our life. This determines how well we are in general and also whether we develop an illness or not. This is called epigenetics. So it can be helpful to understand our own genes so that we can personalize our diet, lifestyle and environment further. Actually, there's a book called Dirty Genes by um, Dr. Ben Lynch, which is a great book if you really wanted to go deep on it. I'll put a link in the show notes. Also, our minds and emotions can have a dramatic impact on our cellular health and the expression of our genes. Two people I've learned the most from in this subject and have massive respect for are Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Bruce Lipton. It's really fascinating stuff. Okay, principle five. There is no quick fix. Symptoms are usually a result of a cumulative effect of lifestyle habits and our physical and social environments over time. You don't go to bed as a vibrant, glowing, confident human and then wake up the following day an achy, depressed, anxious wreck, three stone heavier. You also aren't born this way. 
it just creeps up on us and we slowly get used to how we feel and then we often accept it as the norm. And to be honest, it was only when I experienced what great feels like that I truly realized how crap I'd felt before. It often takes years or even decades to get to the condition we're in and therefore to get out of it, it's going to require daily commitment. It's a journey and being healthy is just that. And it's a way of being, it's a lifestyle. And whilst the journey might take some time, it actually only takes a moment to make that decision to change. Let's say you're going on a long journey in a car. It firstly matters how you fuel it. So if you put vegetable oil or soda into a car, it won't work properly. And actually the same applies for humans, but that's for future episodes. The second thing is that it also really matters how you drive it, how you treat and maintain it. So if you're going full throttle in a gear that's too low, causing wear and damage to the parts, you don't take any time to maintain it, you don't clean the bird poop off and so the paintwork rusts, you don't change the oil, you let the fuel run to almost empty on the verge of zero before you top up again, you don't pay attention and you miss obstacles on the road, how difficult will that journey be? How enjoyable will it be? How many things will go wrong? How many times will you break down? And what condition will the car be in when, or even if, it gets to where you're headed? You get the picture, right? Okay, so the sixth and final, but actually really important principle here is, ultimately, you know what's best for you better than anyone else does. And you can learn to be the master of your health. Sure, you might need information and guidance and support to actually make the change happen, But ultimately, deep down, you know what's best for your body and mind better than anybody else does. It's just a matter of tapping into it, listening and really trusting it. In my experience, this applies to all areas of life and it's particularly true when it comes to issues related to our minds and emotions. Deep down, we actually know what's positive for us and what isn't. But I think to varying degrees, we've lost that deep connection to ourselves and simultaneously we attach greater significance to what others think is best for us Um, which is so disempowering. Why is it that we often trust everyone else's opinion above our own? I'm thinking it's probably because we've been taught to believe from an early age through parents, teachers, and other authority figures. Um, I mean, if I think of the number of times I heard my parents or teachers telling me what to do or commanding me to do as you're told, it kind of makes sense. We also attach a lot of significance to what others think or might think of us. It's that pesky fear of judgment And this is part of a massive wider topic that I'm really passionate about. So I'll be covering this stuff at some point in the future. If you found the content of this episode helpful, I will be super grateful if you'll take just one minute to leave a rating and feedback for the podcast. This will help to make it more visible to more people and then the more people we can help. Also, feel free to share it with anyone else you think might get value from it. I'd also love to connect with you, hear your feedback, what's holding you back and any questions or topics that you'd like me to cover in future, which will help me evolve this into something of radical value. You can also connect with me via my website, laurajanebolton.com, my Facebook page or Instagram, and all relevant links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and have a vibrant day.